Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti states in his Gurubhashtaka prayer, Yasya Prasadad Bhagavat Prasadu, Yasya Prasadan Nakati Kutopi. By the mercy of the spiritual master, one is blessed by the mercy of Krishna. Without the grace of the spiritual master, one cannot make any advancement. It is by the mercy of the spiritual master that one becomes perfect, as vividly exemplified here. A Vaishnava is always protected by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But if he appears to be an invalid, this gives a chance to his disciples to serve him. Ishwarapuri pleased his spiritual master by service, and by the blessings of his spiritual master, he became such a great personality that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted him as his spiritual master. Srila Ishwarapuri was the spiritual master of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But before initiating Lord Chaitanya, he went to Navadvip and lived for a few months in the house of Gopinath Acharya. At that time, Lord Chaitanya became acquainted with him, and it is understood that he served Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by reciting his book, Krishna Lilamrita. This is explained in Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat, Adikanda, Chapter 11. To teach others by example how to be a faithful disciple of one's spiritual master, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Supreme Personality of God had visited the birthplace of Ishwarapuri at Kumarahata and collected some earth from his birth site. This he kept very carefully, and he used to eat a small portion of it daily. This is stated in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, Adikanda, Chapter 17. It has now become customary for devotees following the example of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to go there and collect some earth from that place. By his inconceivable powers, the Lord became the gardener, the trunk and the branches simultaneously. Paramandapuri, Paramanandapuri, Keshava Bharati, Brahmanandapuri, and Brahmananda Parati, Sri Vishnu Puri, Keshava Puri, Krishnananda Puri, Sri Nishringatirtha, and Sukhananda Puri. These nine sannyasi roots all sprouted from the trunk of the tree. Thus the tree stood steadfastly on the strength of these nine roots. Purport Paramananda Puri. Parmanandapuri. Parmanandapuri belonged to a Brahmana family of the Tirhat district in Uttar Pradesh. Madhavindapuri was his spiritual master. In relationship with Madhavindapuri, Parmanandapuri was very dear to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In the Chaitanya Bhagavat, there is the following statement quote, Among the sannyasi, his sannyasi disciples, Ishwarapuri and Parmanandapuri were very dear to Madhavindapuri. Thus, Parmanandapuri, like Swarup Damodar, who was also a sannyasi, was very dear to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and was his constant associate. When Lord Chaitanya accepted the renounced order, Parmanandapuri offered him the danda. Parmanandapuri was always engaged in meditation, and Sri Swarup was always engaged in chanting the Hare Krishna Mantra. As Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu offered full respect to his spiritual master, Ishwarapuri, he similarly respected Paramanandapuri and Swarup Damodar. It is stated, it is described, rather, in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, Antya 3.171 through 72, that when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu first saw Paramanandapuri, he made the following statement Quote, My eyes, my mind, my religious activities, and my acceptance of the sannyas order have now all become perfect because today Madhavindapuri is manifest before me in the form of Paramanandapuri. The Chaitanya Bhagavat, Anjya 3.175, further states, quote, Thus Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exchanged respectful obeisances with Paramanandapuri, who was very dear to him. Paramanandapuri established a small monastery behind the western side of the Jagannath temple where he had a well dug to supply water. The water, however, was bitter and therefore Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu prayed to Lord Jagannath to allow Ganges water 
to come into the well to make it sweet. When Lord Jagannath granted the request, Lord Chaitanya told all the devotees that from that day hence, the water of Parmanand Puri's well should be celebrated as Ganges water. For any devotee who would drink it or bathe in it would certainly get the same benefit as that derived from drinking or bathing in the waters of the Ganges. Such a person would certainly develop pure love of Godhead. It is stated in the Chaitanya Bhagavat Antya 3, 255. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to say, I am living in this world only on account of the excellent behavior of Sri Paramananda Puri. The Goro Gonadesha Deepika states, Paramananda Puri is none other than Uddhava. Uddhava was Lord Krishna's friend and cousin, and in Chaitanya Leela, the same Uddhava became the friend of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his uncle in terms of their relationship in the disciplic succession. Keshava Bharati. The, San, the Saraswati, Bharati, and Puri Sampradayas belong to the Shingari Mat in South India. And Sri Keshava Bharati, who at that time was situated in a monastery in Katwa, belonged to the Bharati Sampradaya. According to some authoritative opinions, although Keshava Bharati belonged to the Shankara Sampradaya, he had formerly been initiated by a Vaishnav. He is said to have been a Vaishnav on account of having been initiated by Madhavendra Puri, for some say that he took sannyas from Madhavendra Puri. The temple and deity worship started by Keshava Bharati are still existing in the village known as Katundi, which is under the postal jurisdiction of Kandara, excuse me, yeah, Kandara, in the district of Burdwan. According to the managers of that mutt, the priests are descendants of Keshava Bharati, and some say that the worshippers of the deity are descendants of the sons of Keshava Bharati. In his householder life, he had two sons, Nishapati and Ushapati, and a Brahmana of the name Sri Nakadichandra Vidyaratna, who is a family member uh, excuse me, who was a member of the family of Nishapati, was the priest in charge at the time that Sri Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati visited this temple. According to some, the priests of the temple belonged to the family of Keshava Bharati's brother. Still another opinion is that they descend from Madhava Bharati, who was another disciple of Keshava Bharati's. Madhava Bharati's disciple, Balabhadra, who also later became a sannyasi of the Bharati Sampradaya, had two sons in his family life named Madana and Gopal. Madana, whose family's surname was Bharati, lived in the village of Aurya, and Gopal, whose family's surname was Brahmachari, lived in the village of Dainduda. They are still there are still many living descendants of both families. In the Goro Gonadeshi Deepika, it is said, Sandipani Muni, who formerly offered the sacred thread to Krishna and Balaram, later became Keshava Bharati. It is he who offered sannyas to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There is another statement about Keshava Bharati from the Gora Gonadeshi Deepika. Quote, according to some authoritative opinions, Keshava Bharati is an incarnation of Akrura. Keshava Bharati offered the sannyas order to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the year 1432 Shakabda in Katwa. This is stated in the Vaishnav Manjusha, part two. Where is it stated? Which part? Correct. Brahmananda Puri. Sri Brahmananda Puri was one of the associates of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu while he was performing kirtan in Navadvip, and he also joined Lord Chaitanya in Jagannath Puri. We may note in this connection that the name Ramananda is accepted not only by Mayavadi sannyasis, but by Vaishnav sannyasis also. One of our foolish godbrothers criticized our sannyasi, Brahmananda Swami, saying that this was a Mayavadi name. The foolish man did not know that Brahmananda does not always refer to the impersonal Brahman. Parabrahman, the Supreme Brahman, is Krishna, 
A devotee of Krishna can therefore also be called Brahmananda. This is evident from the fact that Brahmananda Puri was one of the chief sannyasi associates of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Brahmananda Bharati. Brahmananda Bharati went to see Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Jagannath Dham. At that time, he used to wear only a deerskin to cover himself. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu indirectly indicated that he did not like this deerskin covering. Brahmananda Bharati therefore gave it up and accepted a loincloth of saffron color as used by Vaishnava sannyasis. For some time he lived with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Jagannath Puri. How does everyone feel about sitting and hearing transcendental nectar with nothing else to do in the world except to hear? On a scale of one to ten, Okay, that's it. I'll read for a little while and then we can have discussion. So if you note anything that you'd like to bring up, then just keep it and then we'll talk about it. With the sober engraved Paramananda Puri as the central root of the other eight roots in the eight directions, the tree of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stood firmly. From the trunk grew many branches, and above them innumerable others. Thus the branches of the Chaitanya tree formed a cluster or society, with great branches covering all the universe. Purport, our International Society for Krishna Consciousness is one of the branches of the Chaitanya tree. Haribo! From each branch grew many hundreds of sub-branches, no one can count how many branches thus grew. I shall try to name the foremost of the innumerable branches. Please hear the description of the Chaitanya tree. At the top of the tree, the trunk branched into two. One trunk was named Sri Advaita Prabhu and the other Sri Nityananda Prabhu. From these two trunks grew many branches and sub-branches that covered the entire world. These branches and sub-branches and their sub-branches became so numerous that no one can actually write about them. Thus the disciples and the grand disciples and their admirers spread throughout the entire world and it is not possible to enumerate them all. As a big fig tree bears fruits all over its body, each part of the tree of devotional service bore fruit. Purport. This tree of devotional service is not of this material world. It grows in the spiritual world where there is no distinction between one part of the body and another. It is something like a tree of sugar, for whichever part of such a tree one tastes, it is always sweet. The tree of bhakti has varieties of branches, leaves, and fruits but they are all meant for the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. There are nine different processes of devotional service, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, Padasavanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmanivedanam. But all of them are meant only for the service of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, whether one hears, chants, remembers, or worships, his activities will yield the same result. Which of these processes will be the most suitable for a particular devotee depends on his taste. Mula skandhera shaka ar upashaka goni lagila j prema pal amritake jine. Since Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the original trunk the taste of the fruits that grew on the branches and sub-branches surpassed the taste of nectar. The fruits ripened and became sweet and nectarian. The gardener, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, distributed them without asking any price. All the wealth in the three worlds cannot equal the value of one such nectarian fruit of devotional service. Not considering who asked for it, mage va namage keha, patra va apatra, 
Iha vichar nahe jani deya matra. Not considering who asked for it and who did not, nor who was fit and who unfit to receive it, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu distributed the fruit of devotional service. Purport. This is the sum and substance of Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement. There is no distinction made between those who are fit and those who are not fit to hear or take part in the Sankirtan movement. It should therefore be preached without discrimination. The only purpose of the preachers of the Sankirtan movement must be to go on preaching without restriction. This is the way in which Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu introduced the Sankirtan movement to the world. The transcendental gardener Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu distributed handful after handful of fruit in all directions. And when the poor, hungry people ate the fruit, the gardener smiled with great pleasure. Lord Chaitanya thus addressed the multifarious varieties of branches and sub-branches of the tree of devotional service. Alaukika briksha kari sarvendriya karma stavra haya dhari jangamera dharma Since the tree of devotional service is transcendental, every one of its parts can perform the action of all the others. Although a tree is supposed to be immovable, this tree nevertheless moves. Purport. It is our experience in the material world that trees stand in one place. But in the spiritual world, a tree can go from one place to another. Therefore, everything in the spiritual world is called alaukika, uncommon or transcendental. Another feature of such a tree is that it can act universally. In the material world, the roots of a tree go deep within the earth to gather food. But in the spiritual world, the twigs, branches, and leaves of the upper portion of a tree can act like the roots. All the parts of this tree are spiritually cognizant, and thus, as they grow, they spread all over the world. I am the only one gardener. I am the only gardener. How many places can I go? How many fruits can I pick and distribute? Purport. Here, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu indicates that the distribution of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra should be performed by combined forces. Although he is the Supreme Personality of God, he laments, how can I act alone? How can I alone pick the fruit and distribute it all over the world? This indicates that all classes of devotees should combine to distribute the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra without consideration of time, place, or situation. It would certainly be a very laborious task to pick the fruits and distribute them alone. And still, I suspect that some would receive them and others would not. Therefore, I order every man within this universe to accept this Krishna consciousness movement and distribute it everywhere. Purport. In this connection, there is a song sung by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Enechea Shaudi Maya Nashi Bharulagi Harina Mahamantra Lao Tumimagi Bhaktivinoda Prabhu Charane Podiya She Harina Mantra Loilo Magia. The Sankirtan movement has been introduced by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu just to dispel the illusion of Maya, by which everyone in this material world thinks himself to be a product of matter and therefore to have many duties pertaining to the body. Actually, the living entity is not his material body, he is spirit soul. He has a spiritual need to be eternally blissful and full of knowledge, but unfortunately, he identifies himself with the body, sometimes as a human being, sometimes as an animal, sometimes as a tree, sometimes an aquatic, sometimes a demigod, and so on. Thus, with each change of body, he develops a different type of consciousness with different types of activities, and thus becomes increasingly entangled in material existence, transmigrating perpetually from one body to another.
under the spell of maya or illusion, he does not consider the past or future, but is simply satisfied with the short lifespan that he has gotten for the present. To eradicate this illusion, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has brought the Sankirtan movement, and he requests everyone to accept and distribute it. A person who is actually a follower of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur must immediately accept the request of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by offering respectful obeisances unto his lotus feet and thus beg him the beg from him the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. If one is fortunate enough to beg from the Lord this Hare Krishna Mahamantra, his life is successful. And now we'll just take a few reflections. Anything that you heard so far or any observations you have about how sitting here makes you feel, listening to transcendental literature, or how your day went or didn't go. Any complaints? Yes. It's surprising to know that the Gora Deepika, Chika Deepika, how, how can identify each associate in Krishna Leela now in Gauranga Leela? And how that scenario is, is, is perfect to understand how to exchange loving relationships between devotees. That ultimately it has to do with Sakya and, ras and, and other rasas. It is multidimensional and very profound. Yeah. Because what we hear is, well, he said this and the other one said the other thing and then they took prasadam together. But that's only the superfit, that, that immediate reference. But there are so many layers uh, above that. Yeah, thank you, Habib Prabhu. When Prabhupada is revealing the spiritual world to people everywhere, and he did much of it through the artists in our ISKCON society, he had asked them to paint a simultaneous profile of Lord Chaitanya's Leela and Lord Krishna's. And he had the Sankirtan party of the Panchatattva and Gaurvaktavrinda together. And then he had at the bottom or the top, I can't remember the order, but uh, the Rasalila, the Rasalila. And so he was showing the parallel between the Chaitanya Leela and Krishna Leela that the Dhams, Mayapur and Vrindavan, are identical. They have slight difference in mood. Mathura, Vrindavan, they're <coughs> characterized by Madhurya, or sweetness. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's abode in Mayapur, Navadip, is characterized by Audorya which is just like a jar of the sweetest nectar, but it's overflowing, and it's going out to everybody else, being distributed to others, but the same. And of course, we know, Prabhu? Oh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahiyanya, and the pastime with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda Roy. Ramananda, by Lord Chaitanya's mercy, sees that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha Krishna. Now, of course, um, we know that the Radha and Krishna are Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna, so it's sort of like a reversible jacket. You can turn on one side or you turn on the other side. It works both ways. And Prabhupada explains how some are attracted. Uh, they, the, everyone has faith in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Radha and Krishna, and in Radha and Krishna themselves, but some have more faith in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, or they emphasize the worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu more, even as they worship Radha and Krishna. Some worship Radha Krishna, but uh, with more emphasis, 
and some have equal emphasis on both according to their taste. Yes, Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Prabhu, uh, it was, it is really good to, uh, feeling very grateful that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to the earth and uh, also how the energy, like the, his process is actually flowing through the disciplic succession and you know that like we can get a, like you know in the, even like after 500 years there's that energy in the Kirtan and you know that energy is actually flowing through the world even after 500 years or more of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu coming. So, feeling grateful for uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu coming and the disciplic succession actually, you know, carrying that original energy into the world. Yes, yeah, it's palpable, isn't it? And oftentimes, Prabhupada used the analogy of a copper wire. The wires, copper wire is connected, and doesn't matter how much distance there is between the beginning and the end, but when it's connected to the power source, then you'll feel the electrical current no matter where you are. And, yes. Uh, I also have an unrelated question, Prabhu. Uh, so Prabhu, when like going out into the world and you know interacting with so many different kinds of people, uh, how do we you know interact with people who are, let's say, in different, you know, in different uh, zone, let's say, like in the in sense, you know, someone has, someone is a non-vegetarian, like, how do we feel this? There's this feeling of, you know, like good and bad. Like, you know, I'm I'm better than the other person, and that you know kind of blocks the interaction in some ways. So, how do we, you know, keep that um, mood of connection and service, or you know, kind of still benefiting the other person while understanding that you know they are in a particular zone right now? Well, there's an old saying there. But for the grace of God go I. You know that saying? There, but for the grace of God go I. In other words, you might see somebody who's downtrodden or affected by bad habits, and then one might say that there, but for the grace of God go I. You've heard it. Yeah, I guess it's an American or British saying or something, but it means that I'd be in the same position if it wasn't for God's mercy. And in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Atmaupam yena sarvatra samam pashati arjuna sukhamva yadivadukam sayogi paramomataha. That the best yogi, the parama yogi, is one who has empathy for others. Pathi means to feel, and M means what's inside. So those who are advanced in spiritual consciousness, they can feel what's inside others, what they're going through. Why? Sukhum vayadivadu come, because they've been through it. And that's why it's important to have a guide who's been through the same kinds of ups and downs and sufferings and has become victorious by practicing Krishna consciousness as given by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because such a person has the experience and knows what it's like. Sometimes people who've been through rough times, they're more experienced because as they've persevered, they know what it's like to rise, to come above adversity, to actually dig down and feel, well, what's my real purpose for doing this? And giving up uh, pretense, and then making advancement and so forth. So, does Javi, please give. Haribo. That's Rupa Goswami's garland. Javi Prabhu travels all over the world teaching Krishna consciousness to large numbers of people because he has a gigantic fan base because he's a famous musician and, and so he uses that. Give it to Nirkula. She does more service than I do here. Yay! There, but for the grace of God go I, so it's important to remember that or feel 
I'm just, I'm a mercy case. Giri Rajmaraj talks about this. How'd you get in here? I'm just a mercy case. Somebody let me in and somehow they keep me around. And this is the mood to, uh, upon which we can build our, our Krishna consciousness. Queen Kunti <clears throat> uses the word akinchana. Kinchan means something. And akinchana means, I don't have anything, no qualification whatsoever. And this is the, the non-entitlement mood. I'm not entitled to anything. If you have that, then you're grateful for everything. Do you know that entitlement is the enemy of gratitude? When you have entitlement, even a drop of it, then you can't, there's certain things you can't appreciate because you think, I deserve it anyway. And you can develop a tolerance, <clears throat> so, so much of a tolerance that you can't appreciate anything. And you may have everything, but you can't appreciate it. Probably gives the example of a person who's dying of thirst and then somebody asks, offers him a glass of water, clean, nice, cool water. He said, it's worth a million dollars. So when we have a greater need and we're begging for it because we have such an appetite, then actually we enjoy every molecule of what we get. And that's why uh, Prabhupada quoted Bhaktivinoda Thakur here saying, Bhaktivinoda uses that, that word twice in his famous song, Jeev Jago, where he says, Magi, you should beg for it, and you should be really hungry for it. And then that's when Krishna consciousness really flows. Also, I think in distributing Krishna consciousness, when we, when we give it to as many people as possible, Magi vana magi, patra vana patra. He said, doesn't matter the place or the qualification of the person. Vichar nahi. There's no qualification. It's just everybody gets it. Uh, in fact, a little poetical point that Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and that is that, and the emperor, one day becomes intoxicated, and tipsy, he goes into the treasury with a huge sack, and he starts putting all the most valuable gems in his treasury into the sack, traipses down the many stairs from his palace onto the common room, and dancing, singing in, uh, in a kind of oblivious, and oblivious to the environment, joyfully gives them all away along the street to anyone, whoever happens to walk by. And so Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that intoxicated form of the Lord. He's so intoxicated with love of God, he doesn't recognize who he's giving it to. He doesn't care. He just gives it out to everyone. So take advantage while you, while you have the opportunity. But my other point is that when we sign up to distribute Krishna consciousness, we get multiple benefits. One of them is to see that just below the surface of any living entity, there's a living entity. Just below the, the external covering of the three modes of material nature where people, they may be tinged heavily by the mode of ignorance, but the spirit soul is still there and the super soul is still there. And it's most valuable to be able to witness that for oneself directly. It gets in you and you start to feel that, wow, we're all the same. Prophet wrote this and I put it in my book. He said, when I started traveling, he, I, he said, I'd never been out of India. So there's so many thoughts people have wherever they may be thinking, this is normal, these people aren't normal. Their culture's di so different that they're very different. Prophet said, I realized everybody's the same. Wherever you go, they have the same ups and downs. They have the same kind of emotions. In fact, even animals have the similar uh, feelings as we do. They just can't, as Tukaram Prabhu said the other day, stack one thought upon another and come to a conclusion of causality. There is a God. Uh, they don't have such a perceptual horizon that they can expand that far. And so 
Vidyavinaya Sampane Brahmanigavi Hastani Shunichaiva Shupakicha Pundita Samadarshina, a very learned person, is someone who's able to see the sameness in everybody. And you get that from the sadhana of book distribution because what are you doing all day? You're going from one person to the next, basically giving a 10 second interview of each person. I mean, who gets to do that? It's the best job you can get in the universe to go out. You have permission by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to go anywhere in the universe and do this. Nothing's off, nothing, no place is off limits and no person is disqualified. And there's your field you can work with. And, and if anybody asks you, what are you doing here? Say, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent me, sorry, I'm here. And then with that interaction with all kinds of living entities who just happen to have a particular body that's, that they've gained by association with the modes of material nature, we start to actually realize this verse, Vidyavinaya Sampane. And so it, it is high sadhana to take Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mood and go out and just try to approach everybody. In fact, on book distribution, I often play this game because the mind always comes in and says, this person, not that person. And to overcome the mind, I'll say, everybody. I'm, I'm talking to everybody. And I don't care what you say, I'm going to talk to every single person. And then the person that the mind says, well, that one's definitely not a take, even though you're doing the silly, silly little game. And then they do. And it turns out that they're spiritually awake, even though I thought that they would be disqualified by their disheveled nature, or perhaps they look uh, like a conformist and therefore they won't take. But the soul comes out. And I realize that I can't trust the mind, but I can trust Bhagavad Gita. And to live, that's actually living in the Bhagavad Gita, to be able to enact it. So it, it's important to go out and mix it up in the world, to see how the modes of nature work, to see how the living entity is entangled in the modes of nature, and to see how they respond to transcendental sound vibration. In fact, in the ancient Vedas, there was a process through which the priests would test their mantras because they had to make sure that they were pronouncing them perfectly and that they had the potency to uh, affect change and uh, manifest uh, the, the meanings. Whatever I said, I don't know. And then, uh, so they would have, a, they would sacrifice an animal and then with the mantra, they would bring it back to life. And that would prove the efficacy of the mantra. So we get all these mantras. They're just heaped upon us. And every day we can just like... And, you know, I'm not even sure what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not even thinking about the mantra when I say it. I just say it because like, well, you know, lunch is coming up. But if I take it out and I distribute to other people, then I get to see how it works. And if somebody's dead spiritually, and I give them the mantra, and then they wake up, I say, wow, I just tested the mantra, and it works. And so it's vital for us to actually take the mantra and give it to as many people as possible. That's why you find those who are engaged in that activity. Every day, they're out meeting people, interviewing for five seconds, and saying, okay, you're in. And then engaging them in Krishna service, giving them the mantra, and so forth that such people have an ever-increasing taste for the mantra themselves because they realize its efficacy. The death of the mantra is when I start thinking it's imaginary. That's the fifth offense in the holy name of the Lord. Prabhu. Not even close. Um. We had an experience in South America when we when we went out and distributed books. The most glorious days in our devotional life. There's no doubt about that. And we went to the buses and uh, and went down from the buses and there were 45 buses coming and there was like heaven for us. And when we finished 
the books, we went to the temple and we went singing Kiba Jayo, the Sundarati. And then, and then we wanted to sleep as soon as possible because we wanted to be the first one to take shower. But at the same time, but at the same time, we as a structure, as a movement, we have been, um, there's another side of it, which is we're supposed to preach, uh, we, we're supposed to um, generate, if you will, uh, a Brahminical culture. Because the rest of the parts of the body, of the social body is there. We have excess of sudras and vaishas and, and not even kshatriyas, we have to speak of brahmanas. So we need to put the, the head and the chick, right? We have to find the brahmanas. But as, as we go to the street and we find the, the common man and, he, and, and then we collect 400 pairs of shoes in our, in our temples, and not everybody is there to, in other words, there's no strategy. There should be a strategy, a strategy, a strategy in, order to, in order to accomplish the mission. Uh, oh, still, with the uh, with the intent to to not discriminate, but still, in order to function as a company, as a religion, as a as a movement, it it makes sense to 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 concentrate energies towards the the intelligent class, and instead of of just going random which it sounds sometimes, if we're not, if we're insensitive, it sounds like random means anybody, yes, we want to do that. But then should we calculate carefully how we do things? Sure. Always good to have a strategy. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went for Sarvabham Bhattacharya, Prakashananda Saraswati, and it spoke to many uh, highly educated people, after all, his top disciples, Rupa and Sanatan, doesn't get any better than that as far as qualification. Whereas he dispatched Nityananda Prabhu, he just go door to door. And the admonition is if you see Nityananda Prabhu in a bar or in a brothel, they don't think anything about that. He's on Sankirtan. And so they're both, both aspects are there. And so Prabhupada said, class not mass, especially in preaching in colleges, intelligent people are there, and we can see the results of that. But we also follow the footsteps of Mityananda Prabhu in that extending compassion to everyone. It doesn't mean also that there aren't diamonds in the rough everywhere. I mean, everybody is a diamond in the rough. That's one of the points. And we see that uh, those who uh, just purify their consciousness, become such valuable exemplars of the principle of Krishna consciousness, which uh, Shukadev Goswami gives in the Bhagavatam. This is the pervasive mood. Kirata hunanda pulinda pulkisha abhira shumba yavanaka sadaya yeneir yeneir chapapa yarapashraya shraya shudyanti tasmai pravavishnavena maha he says, all these classes of people that he names uh, from that perspective at that time, thousands of years ago, they're really out of it. Way outside any kind of regulation of the senses that um, meant anything progressive spiritually. But he said all of these people can become purified by the process of contacting the Vaishnavas because of the power of Vishnu that comes through them. So that mood is always there. And as far as building a movement goes, strategy is important. So there's a place for everybody, but it does help to, as Prabhupada said, um, go after the big fish. And, and if, if we're um, strategic about it, I mean, we do find that in some places, in uh, as Prabhupada writes in the Krishna book, when, when you go to very wealthy neighborhoods, people are um, reluctant to have you step, put your, your contaminated foot on their porch. I mean, 
people call the police so fast when you go in rich neighborhoods. Like, what are you doing here? Whereas in poor neighborhoods, as he said, uh, poor people are like, come on in. Just come in and be part of the family. But strategy is important. And especially having a, a habitat for every type of person. There are categories of people because there are categories of energies, goodness, passion, and ignorance. And we can be predictive about it, the ways, uh, what people's needs, interests, and concerns will be based on the modes of nature. And therefore, uh, when people come in contact with Krishna consciousness, it, we also need to have habitat that they can survive in. I came up that word because in California, near the uh, Pacific Ocean, where we I noticed uh, a project that was undertaken by the government many years ago to help to repair the uh, broken chains in the ecology in that area. And one of the important links in that chain was the red-legged frog. The red-legged frog had gone almost extinct, and therefore some biologists came up with a scheme by which they developed habitat in that area that had been destroyed because of encroachment of human dwellings. And they perpetrated them all up and down the coast. And then the red lake frog came back and it had a marked effect on the overall ecology in the chain reaction. So then I was thinking about how if you want a certain type of person to come to Krishna consciousness and survive, besides just the first touch, that here it is, take it home, good luck, then you also have to go out of your way to be like a biologist and say, what kind of habitat does this person need to survive? So when people poke their head in the door to see what it's going to be like, they need to see people who look like them, and they also have to have some sense that they fit in. No matter what we tell them, that's a visceral experience for them, and they'll come back when, when they feel they've been accommodated on that level, even if they don't know they're being accommodated. Otherwise, it's very difficult for them to survive. Was that all right? No, thank you. Yes, one, two, three. One, two, three. So we were reading how uh, Ishwara Puri served his spiritual master Madhavendra Puri in the end, at the last stage of Madhavendra Puri's life. And by that service, uh, his spiritual master is very pleased. And because of that blessing, he actually became such an advanced personality that he became the guru of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So I was just thinking that how important it is to serve the the Vaishnava, especially the Guru. That's true. And it, it's such a good example because there's the counter example also. And I mentioned the other day when I gave class on Srila Ishwar Puri's appearance day that Ramachandra Puri had been the bad disciple who had dared to uh, condescend to his own Guru and give him some faulty information. Um, at the time when he was getting ready to leave his body, and he was, uh, he was rejected by his spiritual master and therefore developed the opposite kind of character of, of Madhavendra, of Ishrila Ishwar Puri, non-qualification. Thank you for remembering that. Yes. Hi, Krishna. Thank you, Maharaj, for your enlightening class and all the transcendental association and Transcendental uh, vibrations. Um, f like when I step into the class, for me, it's like the best place to be. No matter we're doing kirtan or taking class or reading, because like for me, like every second is very precious. Uh, because you know, in my country, China, it's forbidden to talk about really, like any religious topic. We do everything. I'm not Christian conscious. When I was in China, I was traveling uh, other countries. 
I came to Mayapur and become a, I tried to be a devotee in Mayapur I studied. So like any association with devotees is a treasure, it's like uh, very precious. And like, you know, before, only with the association with devotees, we can take things in. Like before I come to Krishna consciousness, I was practicing yoga. Um, we already know Bhagavad Gita, but not uh, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Everybody uh, do read Bhagavad Gita, but by other authors. So, I, but um, like mysteriously, mysteriously. So I was in my soul, India, and I got Bhagavad Gita as, as it is, and I brought back to Australia where I stayed. And I remember I was trying to read in the library. I spent like two hours keeps uh, flipping back the page. So for two hours, I was still on the one, first page and second page. I come back and I flip page and then come back because I couldn't understand anything. <laughs> uh -huh. And then, so I was in Australia, I, but still, for one year, I was still have this Bhagavad Gita. I didn't take it back to Mayapur when I come. And before I go to Mayapur, actually, I, I didn't even heard of uh, Krishna. So I was landed in Mayapur, and everybody tried to, you know, preach to me. You know, <laughs> like I was taking this Kirtan course, Academy course, Harmonium. And the first Mahamantra I chanted is Mahamantra, and turned out like the whole two months. That's the only mantra we chanted, Mahamantra Hare Krishna. And then, like I was not even chanting. Then I was involved in the translation service, I was like translating, mm, like there's a group of Chinese attend a Mahatma Prabhu's Japa session. So I was not devotee, but I was doing the, trans the, the service, devotional service. And at that time I, I tried to study Bhagavad Gita, I become curious, I go to the temple to, to take class and I I become very interested to to know, to understand, to to try to study, um, to follow the the life of a devotee as well. But I, so I spent a lot of time to read Bhagavad Gita as it is again, and also Shema Bhagavatam. I finished Bhagavad Gita, and I remember there's one canto. Only two weeks I I finished one canto from morning to night, even evening. I wake wake up, I read. But like three months I was reading, but I couldn't understand anything. But I still I'm going, okay, it's like must be I can learn something. Even I don't understand, but I try to read. But then I realized, okay, you need to stop. And because nothing I can understand. And then I took your Bhakti Shastri, so we, we learned like four books. And not until that time, then I started to, to have, you know, information taken in my, you know, brain. And then by the association, you know, study with the devotees and the guidance of the spiritual masters in ISKCON, you know, um, Mayapur Institute, I started to take information. And also here also, now I stop to just read by myself, you know, like thinking everything by myself. And so, also, uh, I studied in Mayapur for two years. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm okay, I will not fall. So, because I'm doing yoga, so I went to Rishikesh. And first month, I'm okay. Like, I chant all the time because I, I don't want to fall. There's no association, uh, no association at all, almost in Rishikesh. So, and then I, you know, like, how to say, investigate myself. Like, at the beginning, I'm like, I have lots of faith. I feel, okay, you are very safe. And then, one month later, and the prashad is not very easy to get. Like the surroundings, people smoke, and they go even not not even practice yoga, but you know to enjoy smoke. Like you know bars, cafes, my friends' cafes, you know. And then, so the last month in Rishikesh, it's like I was crying at night because I feel I'm falling. <laughs> My rounds is very bad, and the last week before I came, I was actually every night I, I woke up like 12 o'clock. I started to chant because I feel okay. I need to go to Vandavan because I'm falling. I feel I'm falling, so then I came.
then I took your class, you know, and then I was reflecting. The first class I took, you, you talk about transcendental uh, vibrations. Then I think, okay, that's why, because the environment is like the wrong vibrations I was around. So here, transcendental vibration. Then I was like looking my um, problems, my reflect, reflect my, you know, or the my shortcomings, and so your your class, you know, help me reflect and contemplate my problems, and you know, like what I should do. I should, you know, have myself surrounded by, you know, like devotees. Uh, I couldn't do anything by myself alone, so nothing. I can never progress. And then I was thinking, you know, if I go back to China again, another environment, like we do everything like secret, even like we use, we don't have secret, even we, we don't use Facebook, Instagram, we use WeChat, but WeChat is also invested by the government. If we talk about God in, you know, to, to our friends on WeChat, a government know, you know, if you do like too much, you know, government will find you. And then we, we will be in trouble. Even like lectures online room is, it's like uh, lots of problems, so we need to limit and uh, keep changing groups. You know, this time we have like 145 people taking class. Next time we need to delete a group and form a group again, and uh, keep changing names. And uh, you know, we do this, so it's very precious. Uh, so every second to associate with devotees and. You know, have class. You know, by um, spiritual masters is like really precious. So thank you so much. Thank you. Now, if no one's ever read the Brihadaranyakamrita, what you heard there was a summary of that. <laughs> the Brihadaranyakamrita is a is a story about someone who goes through. Um, spiritual development and goes through various phases and meets all types of people and tells his story. And in the beginning of the book, he says, generally, Vaishnavas don't like to tell their story, but you have to in order to teach other people Krishna consciousness. So he, he starts teaching his disciple his story and how he uh, gradually rose in Krishna consciousness, became uh, Krishna conscious and went back to Godhead. So it, it really connects what you're saying to all of us, I believe. I know it did for me. It's, it's important to hear this. And it's kind of an example of what I was talking about before. When we're mixing all together with, uh, we're all at different phases of our Krishna consciousness. It doesn't matter which phase you're at because as birds fly in the sky and the sky is unlimited, whatever level you're at, there's still unlimited sky above you. So it, it's the sincerity that really counts. A couple points, if you don't mind, I'd like to reflect back. One is that Srila Prabhupada mentions how when he first started listening to his spiritual master in earnest, he didn't understand anything he was saying. He said it was very difficult for him to understand, but he stayed and listened. And it's one of the miracles of being a human being is that by listening, we can learn and we can come to know everything. And in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Maya sakta mana parta yogam yunjan marashraya asham shrayam shama gramam yata gyasasi touch trinu. Srinu means to hear. And he says, to know everything from whatever position you're in now, just sincerely continue to hear. And I, relate, I, I can relate that point to anyone, whoever comes into the midst of the association of devotees um, at first has this sense of there's something good here, but I don't really know exactly what's going on. And then everything comes into focus uh, uh, more and more by hearing, as you demonstrated from your own example. And I thought of another, uh, another thought came into my mind while you were speaking is from the Bhagavad Gita. And in the Gita, in the 10th chapter, Krishna talks about how he helps us from within the heart. And in the verse, he says, I'm there within the heart of every living being. And when I see that somebody's sincere, 
to know me, then I give the intelligence by which he or she can come to me. And in his purport, Prophet mentions that people find themselves in all kinds of situations and they have all different kinds of qualifications, as I mentioned before. But the sustaining factor is that Krishna's there and he's the one who enlightens us from within. So thank you for sharing your story. It's a, it's a, it's a, a good story. It's really nice. Uh, I think it's, really, it's very relatable. And uh, also, I mean, your tenacity is something special. Also, one last point, uh, I think, is that just even recently, I was telling devotees in America to not take granted the fact that they can go anywhere and teach Krishna consciousness. My friend Satyadev Prabhu uh, preaches in China extensively. He always keeps a state on what you can and can't do. Right now, he can't even go. Of course, COVID. But even besides that, uh, you know, he talks about how constricted it is to uh, spread Christian consciousness. You have to go undercover and so forth. And it's important to take advantage of the opportunities we have when we have them. Actually, I did have one more point. And that is that when, when Krishna took birth here in Vrindavan, of course, he doesn't take birth like an ordinary child. He's 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 the Supreme Personality of God, and he appears by his own sweet will. But the environment in which he appears is constricted because there's a very self-centered ruler, and he actually wants to kill God. It's reminiscent of certain regimes around the world who have a similar sentiment. And Krishna, nonetheless, takes birth in that environment, and all the devotees... Uh, worship him secretly. In fact, his mother and father had to have his name-giving ceremony in a cow shed so that no one would know that they, were, they had had a child and that they were giving a name because Kamsa would have figured it out. So uh, the, the teachers of bhakti, like Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur coming down through Prabhupada, mentioned that in such a dangerous atmosphere that's surcharged with fear, that I'll lose my Krishna consciousness, or Krishna, in this case, will be killed by Kamsa. He said, going on with your Krishna consciousness, even as you're in this fearful situation, it purifies one of all the different bad habits that have accumulated within the heart over many years. It's almost even more advantageous because of, well, it's kind of like a pressure cooker. You can cook rice a lot faster. You know pressure cooker, right? Do you know what one is? It has, it's, it's a well-constructed pot that doesn't let any energy out except for deliberately through a little device at the top and then the, whatever you put in there cooks faster. Hare Krishna. Okay. Prabhu, Saduchari, would like to make a point? We are in Dham, Brandavan Dham. Krishna is here, Balramji is here, our spiritual master Guru Maharaj is here, Danvat Pranam to Guru Maharaj, Danvat Pranam to Guru Ma, Danvat Pranam to Abhi Prabhuji, and Danvat Pranam to all the devotees of the Vrindavan here. I am very fortunate that so many years we have requested my spiritual master have yatra in Vrindavan. So many yatras we have in Mayapur, in Puri, in you can say the other places also. But I think Krishna and Balram has done our, you can say, the the things I am very happy and fortunate that I am here in my birthplace and my Guru Maharaj is here, means my father is here, Guru Ma is here, my mother is here. What else we need? You have said already, I remember, 
that the dhams they are the gateway to the spiritual world i was not well my family was not you can say the in the bad state of health even then i think guru maharaj has given me energy to come here from pune and i think in 72 hours my battery is fully charged <laughs> by you can say your lectures by you yoga the the uh, habi habi prob uh, you can say the this one one thing i would like to say guru maharaj that uh, you in brindavan have selected there are more than 5000 temples here you have selected those temples really we have not seen for the last 20 years i used to come brindavan see only you can say four or five temples but your selection is so you can say it is connected with the spiritual world you have shown near you can say the yamuna the today the radha damodar temple then radha radha raman huh? Raman Temple, and in your absence, I have seen today the Gopinath Temple. We have seen the samadhis there in Radha Damodar Temple. We have never seen, and last you can say in my life, we have never seen these samadhis there. Yesterday, in Govardhan, there are so many places. go to the barsana temple go to nand gaon and all that but you have shown that place which is connected to the literature we are you can say the we are very happy and tomorrow i am leaving if you permit me maraj i am very happy my battery is charged fully charged <laughs> for spiritual you can say this one your lecture is very nice and i will pray to the god again you come to brindavan hari ho thank you hari krishna hari krishna you have you have my permission to leave vrindavan but only physically Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, you "Should always live in Vrindavan, and if you can't be there physically, you should be there in your heart and mind. That's our process, actually. And thank you for your, as usual, interesting and astute observations. Hare Krishna." <laughs>